This is Human Brands, a podcast about actual feelings. And this episode is called Journalism, the Short-Term Weapon. Media is just a word that has come to mean bad journalism. Graham Greene If, among all sectors, there is one that has suffered more changes since the advent of internet, it must be information and journalism. But on the contrary, think about how media recently has become one of the main weapons used in the new Cold War. During the days before the Russian invasion, for instance, American secret services started the so-called Infowar, which consisted in anticipating possible Russian moves by publicizing them openly in order to defuse them. And it worked, at least for a while. Well, a new Iron Curtain has fallen in Russia, and this time it's an information Iron Curtain. That's why most Russians don't know what's really happening in Ukraine. The Kremlin today blocked Facebook and Twitter, and there are no independent media outlets left. CBS's Roxanne. As they say, knowledge is power. And it's true nowadays more than ever. Furthermore, it is undeniably accurate that no culture in history has ever had our same widespread access to information. Though it is even more true that such an extensive asset needs an equivalent amount of tools to be kept safe. ...is the knowledge that the newspaper industry today is in big trouble. Papers have been closing and downsizing for years, and that affects all of us. Even if you only get your news from Facebook, Google, Twitter, or Ariana Huffington's block quote junction and book excerpt clearinghouse, <laughs> those places are often just repackaging the work of newspapers. And it is not just websites. Watch how often TV news ends up citing print sources. According to the Chicago Tribune. According to the Detroit Free Press. According to the San Francisco Chronicle. According to the Times-Picayune. The Boston Globe. The Orlando Sentinel. The Philadelphia Inquirer. The Pittsburgh Tribune Review. The Detroit News. And the Houston Chronicle reports. The Los Angeles Times reports. The Oklahoman reports. The Hartford Current reports. The Salt Lake Tribune reports. It's pretty obvious, without newspapers around to cite, TV news would just be Wolf Blitzer endlessly batting a ball of yarn around. <laughs> the noble mission of journalism as we knew it in a not-too-distant past, remains the prerogative of a chosen few worldwide. The collapse has fresh roots, starting in the 1950s with the arrival of television, but going downhill at the dawn of the new millennium, as it faced one of the fastest market declines throughout any product category ever recorded. Of course, we're only talking about the newspaper industry, while alongside, the new digital equivalent made its way as a substitute, rewriting the rulebook of the game. Certainly, the spread of individual blogs started the trend that has led to the actual state of art, where audiences no longer reach out to established broadcasters to build an opinion, but too often turn to privates for exclusive information reflecting their very own positions. Most experts agree that the first blog was Links.net, still active, created in 1994 by then-student Justin Hall as a place to publish his writing. Hi, my name is Justin Hall. 20 years ago, I put a personal homepage up on the World Wide Web. I called it Justin's Links from the Underground. 
the site consisted entirely of brief posts, each one sharing a link and some of his thoughts about the content within. This compilation of links included links to websites he liked, as well as his own work. If we look back to this early stage of self-narrative, it feels almost impossible that an individual voice could build larger audiences than established newsgroups. The trend of online news then made a massive advance through social media platforms. Even leading to the recent birth of Instagram-only news media profiles, led by professional journalists, sometimes counting hundreds of thousands of followers and daily readers. These kinds of numbers are undoubtedly unknown to today's newspapers. But how did the newspaper sector cope with the dramatic crises? As mentioned earlier, just a handful survived, really, remaining truthful to themselves and to their primary calling, while the vast majority had to sell its soul to bits and pieces in order to survive, losing its independence and therefore its trustability. And good journalism is all about trustability. When we think about independent journalism, we think, among a few others, about The Guardian, who describes itself like this in the About section of its website. We're reader-funded. The Guardian's independent, high-impact journalism is powered by its global readership. In 2020 alone, more than 1.5 million readers supported us financially. It's thanks to this generosity that we can provide quality, trustworthy reporting that is open for everyone to read. With no shareholders or billionaire owner, we can investigate and challenge without fear or favor, and amplify stories that need to be told. You can show your support for our work today, in whichever way suits you best. The Guardian is one of the most respected sources worldwide, also thanks to the fact that they are one of the few honest observatories for climate change-related news. It's undeniable. We are facing a global climate emergency. But there is hope. We can still slow global heating and dramatically lessen its impact. But without action, the conditions for living on Earth will get worse. This said, it is crucial to remember that the British news company also is the number one followed Instagram profile of its sector, with 5.1 million followers. A rapid growth that made a huge leap during the years of the pandemic where audiences were in bad need of trustworthy sources of information. How do we know which people or organizations we can trust? Their followers increased from 860,000 in 2018 to 4.4 million in June 2021. The Guardian's account recorded over 57% year-over-year growth in 2018. When it comes to news and information, what is a trusted source and how do you find one? But as mentioned earlier, it is an uneven battle. These 5.1 million followers turned to The Guardian because of its 200-year-long history of high-quality journalism. Though Instagram-only news profiles born just five or seven years ago count disproportionately huge audiences. At so.informed, for example, and this is a wonderful editorial format that deals with a different topic in each post, has 2.9 million followers. 
That's the digital press, baby. That's the press, baby. The press. And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. The Guardian represents just one of the few examples of how information stays intact throughout both structural and cultural changes, but not many share its fortunate fate. And in the era of action, the brand's role in this collapse has been more than marginal, preferring to either stand by and watch or taking over media companies for personal gain. Brands have largely underestimated investment in the information business, too often choosing to feast on the corpse of newspapers on the brink of bankruptcy, distorting their purpose and transforming them into digital media companies. Not only, though, brands have also played a benevolent role in a few cases, taking a declining industry by the hand and guiding it through difficulties finding new solutions to keep them afloat. Let's take the news kiosks, for example, because journalists aren't the only ones that have suffered the revolution in the business, but also suppliers and related enterprises. Furthermore, for some cultures, the kiosk's role wanders beyond the mere selling of newspapers, also representing a crucial landmark in a neighborhood's life. This is the case in many European countries, for example, where news kiosks have gone from imminent death to an interesting rebirth, also thanks to the intake of brands. Two examples are, on the one hand, the partnership with large-scale retailing that made kiosks partial suppliers of daily products such as groceries, but also delicatessen and higher price range goods. And on the other hand, the exquisite sponsorship by Louis Vuitton for Venetian historical kiosks within the integration of the latest Biennale, where they helped relaunch the kiosk's aesthetic and combining the sale of newspapers with branded city maps. This connection to the territory, aiming to re-establish a human bond with readers and audiences, is a crucial way printed paper has found to counterbalance this digital shift thanks to brands. But one brand specifically did even more, bringing an iconic magazine back to life in its original form with its light pink colored paper, which, if you think about it, is astonishing, being 2022. Founded in 2001 in the Netherlands, But Magazine has been a reference point for queer spaces and presided in the performative and artistic scenes of those years always making use of top-level photographers, starting with Wolfgang Tillmans. As well as in bookstores, it could be found in American apparel stores and soon became a cult object for fans. The Butt magazine has been praised for its unabashed sexual and non-sexual portrayals of men, which emphasize equal opportunity in depictions of all people in print. But its luck ended in 2011, when it ceased publication, leaving a painful void behind in that particular niche. Only this spring, after 10 years from its last appearance, But Magazine had its comeback. Sponsored by Keurig-owned Bottega Veneta, whose creative director Mathieu Blessy curated the edition. Bottega Veneta is not new to this kind of human touch to his campaigns, having freshly celebrated the Bottega for Bottegas project an act of solidarity with 12 Italian bottegas from across the country. 
to shine a light on the work of the traditional artisans that have made the fortune of Italy. From Crumire Rossi biscuits and Pastifici Martelli pasta, to Orsoni ceramics and Amatruda paper. Quote, There is one word that represents Italian excellence in the world, bottega. This holiday season, Bottega Veneta stepped out of the spotlight to give other bottegas the stage. The bottegas took Bottega Veneta's place everywhere. Putting themselves aside was not only generous, but it truly represented what audiences would like to see their favorite brands doing. The Bup magazine operation is another piece of the human-based mosaic Bottega Veneta is composing in order to create a stronger relationship with its audience working on a compelling tone of voice on the one hand, but at the same time fixing its positioning with a unique determination on a perceived niche. Taking a magazine that was characteristic of American apparel stores is a tough gamble for a brand like Bottega Veneta, which has always been traveling on diametrically opposed communication lines. The role of the creative director has once more shown its relevance following a trend that has crossed the fashion industry as a whole. Information is urged to become human again, as called out during the latest World Press Freedom Day, promoted by UNESCO on May 3rd, who named this year's topic Journalism Under Digital Siege, referring especially to Russia's interferences on Western media, but not only. Brands have the chance to play a big role in this, if they accept to give a selfless contribution to the free press, adding this particular segment to their activism in the interest of audiences worldwide. Giving back voices to minority communities is a brave choice that needs continuity also on a larger scale. Quality journalism needs funding. Just think about the role of on-field reporters during the conflict in Ukraine. How many fake news promoted by Putin's government have been smothered by pictures taken and chronicles written by journalists who have put their own lives at risk for the sake of truth? Investing in human witnessing to receive first-hand information is not only crucial during wartime, but can be decisive in any area of interest. Instead of relying on unreliable sources, or random social media accounts funded by God knows who. Quality, in journalism at least, is necessarily tied to a human factor. Investing in quality press means investing in people and humanity. Just to give you an idea, search Wikipedia for list of defunct newspapers of the United States. You will be surprised by the length of that list. And you'll find many more for your own country if you need some inspiration. And if you're worried that a brand owning a newspaper could pose a threat to the independence of that source, then take a look at how Amazon-owned Washington Post has dealt with the news of the first trade union born inside an Amazon factory. Spoiler, Washington Post was awarded the 2022 Pulitzer Prize in public service. Let's make newspapers and magazines our responsibility again. Activism you can browse can play a big role in your community. As British playwright Tom Stoppard once said, 
if your aim is to change the world, journalism is a more immediate short-term weapon. This podcast is brought to you by Human Brands Observatory, a project by No Panic and Act. This episode was written by Giulio Rubinelli, and this voice belongs to me, Axelina Gunnarsson. Visit human-brands.org for more stories about actual feelings.